to the Single, Sexy, and Safe Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Shanae. On this podcast, we have real talk about real topics on relationships and more. On this episode of the podcast, I have the pleasure of having a conversation with my friend and sorority sister, Rosa James. She is a domestic violence trainer in the Georgia area and has had over the past decade a variety of state and local positions that help survivors of domestic violence. In this episode, you will hear us discuss Jasmine Sullivan's new album, Hoots Tales. I like to call this particular episode, Hoots Truths. Why? Because much of the lyrics and songs that were shared on this album are many topics, many instances, and examples that many women, if they were truthful, could relate to. She has her bachelor's in legal studies and master's in social work from UCF, where I am also an alum, University of Central Florida. She started her career working in child welfare. In 2012, she transitioned to work with domestic violence survivor. Since then, she's had several local and statewide positions to support survivors of domestic violence. She is currently a domestic violence training coordinator and now working towards her doctoral degree in social work. Her topic of study is Black women who are currently or have experienced intimate partner violence. So I'm so glad that Rosa is here on the podcast with us today on this particular episode. And we're going a little non-traditional only because I invited her to talk about an album. I don't know how many of you have listened to this album, but it's Jasmine Sullivan's um, new album that was released, or some of the singles were released in 2020, the rest was released this year, and her album was entitled Hoots Tales, and so I feel like, even though she called it Hoots Tales, I feel like a lot of it was true. So I want us to have this discussion, as you all know, on the Single Sexy and Say podcast, we have real talk about real topics. So we're going to keep it all the way real on this episode as well. So welcome, Rosa. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I just wanted to get your general thoughts on the album, and then we'll probably discuss some particular um songs on the album a little deeper so my general thoughts are that the album instead of tales i like how you said this is truth um it is it talks about topics that around sex that women don't have these conversations right we kind of like hide these conversations we kind of like put these conversations in a corner 
and never tell anyone that happened or or don't talk about like this is what I'm doing for sex or this is how I get what I want for sex so it was an interesting album to hear her sing about these things that we keep to ourselves yes and I'll say the same thing the more that I listen I listened to it on a drive I had some time so I was listening to it finally decided um let me see what all the buzz is about and I actually have listened to the whole album probably two or three times since then since I um, asked you to listen to it and I completely agree as I said I feel that her album is more truth than tales but it is written and captured and sung in such a way um, that so many of us if we're honest can relate to one of those tales at least one all of us can relate to have experienced it maybe currently enduring it in some fashion or form and so I love that she was uninhibited in her expression of truth and it mainly dealt with of course the content of sex that women experience in some point of their lifetime and I don't even think that it's limited to you know a particular generation I do believe that it is something that our mothers have possibly encountered or experienced in in their relationship history, maybe even some of our grandmothers. Um, There's something that was sung or shared or spoken on her album that they can connect to. And so it's relevant, it's necessary. Of course, you know, we keep it cute and kingdom, but again, like I said, I like to keep it real because at the end of the day that many of individuals that are single are still having sex let me just put that out there and two um even if you have now transitioned to make a commitment to um have purity or to be celibate or practice abstinence um because you at some point were having sex there's still something from that album that you can relate to so I thought about the first uh, single or first song, which is entitled Bodies. What do you think about that song, which is the first, the intro to her album? That was impactful. That, that song set it up. It <laughs> uh, <laughs> set up the whole album. And it's, it's true. Like some, I know women who have a lot of sex and they don't really know from time to time the person or how they got there or was I just this drunk when I woke right you know they um and, and women have past sexual partners I know it's something that men don't like to think about right they don't they don't like to think about that like women being sexual beings right someone else had sex with right they don't they don't like to think about that they think that every man you you, you sleep with they think that you're the first one right mm-hmm. <laughs> this is this, she's i'm the first person and bodies is basically telling people that i i was a part of my life 
where I was just having so much sex that I was just reckless. That I was just going here and there and uh, uh, going to him first or going to him next, you know. <laughs> like, right. But I'll never tell anybody, right? That person, that, that woman will never tell anybody because they, she don't want to be labeled, you know, I don't know if I can say this on your... You can. Okay. She don't want to be labeled a hoe, right? Right. She don't want to be labeled a hoe. She don't want to be labeled as promiscuous or fast. So you keep those stories to yourself until someone finds out, right? Right. Um, I think the generation below me are more accepting of that Mm -hmm. than my generation, like younger millennials, you know? Mm -hmm. I think millennials like me who are on the cuff um, people still have problems with that, but I think younger millennials are more in tune with their bodies and they're okay with, you know, having, expressing. yeah, like having sex and expressing and, and sexually expressing themselves and everything. Right. And, and I, and like I said, I listened to the album and of course, when that's the first song that <laughs> introduces you to the whole album, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. And so listening to that intro, as you said, Bodies pretty much talks about how many intimate partners she had and how she's wondering to herself, like, how did I end up in this situation again? Like, girl, what would your mom say? You know, she brought up her mom in in the lyrics, like, what would your mom say Mm -hmm. if she knew? Like, this is what you're out here doing. And, and I tied it to the second song, which was Antoinette's Tales. And she sister just put it out there. She was like, you know, for so long as, as women, we were told, you know, how to cherish our um, reproductive organ and that, you know, it is supreme and it's a diamond. And, you know, this is something that men may even worship or desire. I'm just paraphrasing the lyrics here. And so even to the point where when a man is connected to us sexually and we're over here proclaiming it's theirs, you know, it's yours. It belongs to you. In actuality, it doesn't. You know, like, and basically encouraging women to have ownership. And I don't limit ownership to just your reproductive organ, but your body as a whole right and really embracing your body all of it curves dimples dents scars scrapes like everything about you from your lips to your hips to your toes to your nose everything about you and not doing it for the sake of getting compliments from a man or seeing what you can get from a man or being a seductress but because you truly embrace your body you truly embrace your image and who you are and knowing that your body is not like any other body, right? <laughs> Whether you paid for it or not, um, it's not crafted in the same manner and fashion or form as somebody else. And so it brought up the thought for me of the great debate, especially when we're talking about from kingdom principles, of finding that line between purity, making that decision to practice abstinence, Uh, or being celibate as well as embracing your sexual inhibition so I um, before I get to that I want to say something about what you said so um, my therapist told me something very 
insightful this week, right? In dating, she said that, Rosa, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to talk to anyone. You don't have to go on any dates. You can just tell them no, right? Right. And that is not what has been instilled in most women, right? We have ownership of our autonomy in our bodies and in our space and we set boundaries. We can do all that, you know? Um, it's not about protecting anyone. It's about protecting yourself. Um, That's good. So about the purity versus, you know, sexual inhibition, it's a fine line. Because I know I was celibate, not celibate, I was abstaining from sex for about three years. You know, um, I did it because I felt as if I wasn't attracting the man I wanted. And I wanted him to um, get to know who I am as a person before we have that experience. Right. Right. And um, it didn't work out well, (laughs) but, you know, I, I think it's a fine line, right? Especially if you're a Christian and you are, you know, saved and you're trying to like balance that. Like, should I, you know, should I, in the kingdom, I have to be celibate and he can't touch me because if I have sex with him, he's no longer going to respect me. He's not going to want to be in a relationship. But then I was celibate for three years and they still didn't want to be in a relationship. <laughs> they they right. were complaining that you weren't having sex. So it's like, oh, yeah. it's like, and these are also, please add that these will also be men who are believers. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. These are, these are men who, who go to church or have a belief in God and they are, could, would consider themselves Christians. <laughs> uh, Cause that's typically who I date. And um, they, it's like, if you, my thing is, if you, if you experience sex, and try to date they don't want you and if you withhold it and and have an abstinence or celibacy experience they don't want you either <laughs> so i was like i don't care what men think <laughs> <laughs> i'm with you with that and i think that that's a line that many singles and we're just going to be honest as i like to be on this on this platform is a struggle right and we know what the word says we know what scripture says we know and i will say this that one like your therapist said you have the right to say no right you get to choose what happens as it relates to dating as it relates to your body, you get to make that decision and own that decision. And so you will find that some people, and I think there just has to be a whole conversation on purity uh, and sex as it relates to, to singleness and Christians, totally separate from this one. But I will say this, that if you're going to make the decision to be pure or to abstain from sex, make it for the right decisions. Don't use it as because you think like 
you know, it's some people will, how can I say, people will use it almost like a dangling carrot, right? Like, okay, God, because I have a stain, right, from sex for three, four, five years, it's just me, you about to give me a husband because mm-hmm. this is what, what I'll do. And then vice versa, people can dangle that as a carrot and thinking that that draws a man as well. At the end of the day, you can't keep a man that don't want to be kept. It don't matter if you hang in from the chandeliers or you got on a full-on burger. If a person wants to connect with you, get with you, they're going to want to do it because that's truly their desire. And I love that you said you wanted them to get to know you because I'm going to be honest, and we've seen this quote as a meme, like if you take sex out of a lot of relationships, a lot of people will have no substance to their relationship. That's literally what's been keeping them there. That's literally been the glue. Because outside of that, they may not have any commonalities. And that's even people who may even have children. They don't really share any similar views, similar perceptions. So that's something that should be considered. So I want to talk about Rashida's tales. And I don't know if you recall that particular song, but Rashida was telling the story. It was actually a story about a lesbian relationship. And she was basically describing it as so perfect and that it was everything she could imagine. The the young lady who she was dating proposed to her. They moved in together. And the young lady eventually introduced her to her best friend and Rashida, or the person portraying Rashida for the purpose of the song or album, ended up in a sexual relationship within the best friend and ultimately cheating on her fiance. And the fiance, of course, broke up with her. And she was like, I was so devastated because not only was I feeling hurt, but because I hurt someone and I hurt someone in the manner that I had been hurt before. I was so used to being the one cheated on. And then I now had became the cheater. And she was like, for a long time, I just felt some type of way because I never experienced that kind of love, right? In a long time. And I kind of quote it as like, it's that it's not you, it's me. And the reality is that sometimes we need to be honest that we can be the problem, that we ourselves can be toxic. Yeah, um, and, and I like in that tale, she acknowledged and accepted accountability that she messed up, right? Um, a lot of people don't want to look at themselves as the toxic one or the problem but we need to sometimes turn that mirror on ourselves while we're dating right and we're trying to find this particular type of partner and we haven't even resolved that in 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 our lives in ourselves you have a problem with lying right you're a person who lies all the time and you know you lie all the time right? right because of because of your trauma that's what happened you're a liar but you want somebody to be honest with you Right, you need to go and handle that problem with with a therapist so you can stop lying. You know, um, it's just it's just things like that. That like here's another one. Like some people use their partners as their source of confidence, mm-hmm. right? Like they they, and that can be toxic. You're the toxic one because your partner is not supposed to be building your self-esteem or repairing it right you know you should already come into that relationship as a whole healthy person and your partner just enhances it 
So th- a lot of people don't like to take accountability like that. Like, like I had to take accountability for that situation. Like I, I was using my partners as my source of confidence and, and my source of, of feeling good about myself. And I had to take myself to therapy. Like you can't be relying on, you can't put that on other people. Right. You're being toxic. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm glad that you shared even some personal examples because a lot of times when you hear relationship stories, of course, there's always three sides to a story. And I feel like we as women are so quick to express our version and men are not so easily willing to express like this is how it really went down. Right. Or mm-hmm. these are the details of what caused the demise of my marriage or my relationship they're even if they're wounded even if they're in fact the victim they will often keep it to themselves um and it may not even be that they don't want to share their their story there's probably just something they're not used to right <laughs> they're not usually sitting around with their their boys saying let me tell you what she did today you know let me really tell you what happened how it went down and so I say that to say that, of course, we're so used to hearing the woman's version and we're so expressive and we'll make up social media posts, a meme, a platform, or gather our girls to, you know, help me through this, this breakup moment. And the fact of the matter is we have to take accountability in a relationship, whether it's successful or whether it crumbles we still have a role to play because there's always something that we typically could have done or said um or even if it was we could have made the decision to leave early on so we still have a level of accountability there and we can to be that toxic person we can be the one that is still broken still that wounded child still that um individual that's dealing with father issues mother issues and now we're projecting it onto our new partner and 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 they're suffering um through it through through the relationship and a lot of times we look at our relationships as our therapy session and they shouldn't be and i'm one of those people i do not advocate for getting in relationships with broken people because i always say jehovah rapha god is the ultimate healer not your wife not your husband not your boyfriend you know not your baby mama they're not your therapist they're not to be your healer their bed their their head they're not to be your therapy session there are people that are professionals um experts in that area and that's who you should be going to um because i'm gonna tell you a lot of times when you try to connect with a broken person you end up broken yourself Mm. you will end up broken on yourself because it's exhausting it's like you're finding yourself I'm trying to you know edify them affirm them but I'm not getting nothing out of this in fact um you know there's pushback there's resistance right and and even though they may not be personally or intentionally doing it um how can I say they're not intentionally being hurtful but this has always been the experience this is always their typical response and they don't really know no other way they haven't been given the tools they haven't been given the words um the strategies in order to navigate a healthy relationship and so here you are trying to hold on to a person who's been constantly stabbed in the back 
and they still have jagged pieces. So every time you go to embrace them, you're getting cut yourself. So you have to be mindful of that. And so if that is us, I think like how you say you've gone to therapy, I've gone to therapy, I'm an advocate for therapy. I believe in the altar and the couch. And I always say, I will mm-hmm. come up off yes. the altar. Go find you somebody couch, be it virtually or in person, that you can lay on and and, and deal with the, the overflow of the demons that you got cast out at church, right? Um, because there's still some work, there's still some residue in which you can address. And so I wanted to also talk about, I want to say it's the last song on the album, Girls Like Me. And I want to say that's her song with her. I pulled out from that insecurities. I'm sure there's more to it, but that's what really stood out to me from that song in the sense that we can be in a relationship and a man no longer wants us or a man wants to end the relationship and we begin to internalize is something wrong with me like what is it that about me that you no longer want me what is it that I could have done more to keep you how could I have improved myself so that there was greater longevity in this relationship yeah um, that's what I got from that song too Um, she also quoted um hoes be winning right so i want to yeah i want to touch on that and and i think that we as women this is just for for women specifically black women we look at other people we deem not worthy Mm -hmm. and they have the things we want and we need to know that they have those things because it was the, their time to have those things. It's not that their hoes be winning. Like it ain't that they out here getting all the Gucci bags and 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 and, it, and if they are, they're getting at a sacrifice. Right. Well, they're sacrificing. It, it ain't that they be winning. It's just that you know we have the public with it. Yeah. <laughs> I I think we just have to. Like you said, stop internalizing. Like I had to learn how to do this because when I'm broken up with, you know, I've never broke up with anyone. You know, my exes, I have three. They broke up with me. And the first thing I did was internalize it. Like, what am I doing or what did I didn't do? Like, what, like, what is wrong with me? Right. But I had to re, I, I learned how to reframe that message and say, hey, this hurts, but it has nothing to do with me. It's it's them. It has everything to do with what's going on with them, why they don't want this relationship anymore. <laughs> it's not me, and I'm not the problem. I know we don't initially do that, but you have to get to that point where, you know, just because he doesn't want me anymore doesn't mean I did anything wrong. Because there are women who are the perfect wives. They do everything. And still get cheated on and still get divorced. <laughs> Come on now, talk about it. Listen, they they do everything perfect in the home. Like they have everything in order, everything is clean, the kids are taken care of, they have dinner every other night or every night. And that man will still leave that home, <laughs> come over here with me and lay with me and go back to her. Right. But but in that instance, that has everything to do with him and his insecurities. Right. Nothing to do with what she was doing in the home. 
Yes. And I'm glad that you said that because like you, I had to learn that, right? Um, I was engaged now some years ago in in a long-term relationship and I was dealing with a person who was a constant cheater. And I'm going to tell you for women who've been cheated on, and that was really my first encounter ever being cheated on, but it just seemed to be a frequent occurrence. It begins to mess with you because you're like, but I'm doing all of this, providing all of that. You know, on paper, I look like this. In person, character-wise, I'm like this. And you're still going out seeking essentially sex um, and maybe even some conversation from someone else as though I'm not also providing that, right? And so it would make me question. I remember even asking him that, like, what is it? about me like what is it that is causing you to exhibit this behavior and so of course you know digging deeper and realizing just like family history this was something they had observed and seen and in some instances was considered okay behavior right like normal behavior without consequences And also understanding he has his own demons to work out himself. It wasn't me, right? That aspect of relationship had nothing to do with me. That was his own desire, some issues that he needed to work out with his flesh, right? His flesh was not under subjection by any means, under no submission Mm -hmm. um, at that time. And let me say he's now married now, but that's a whole nother segment. So it is expected for us but we have to get to that place that we no longer internalize things because a person leaving us isn't because we're not good enough isn't because we aren't worthy isn't because we aren't wife material and it helped me in my dating life thereafter because I no longer got upset or frustrated with men who didn't meet my standards. You're just not the one for me and I'm okay with that. I'm not the one for you and I'm at peace with that. So now I'm not about to sit here for six months, you know, trying to move on from one man to the next to assage my ego, but also being okay in my season of singleness as well because my self-esteem, my confidence isn't associated or attributed by my relationship status. So I think that's a definitely a necessary area that we have to explore and dig deeper as women. And I love that you brought up because they talk about holy women. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, hey, come on, Jesus. I, you know, I serve the Lord. I love the Lord. I do X, Y, and Z and, and stay on this path or whatever, but I look like she got a whole man to brought her, you know, a Range Rover, a Versace bathrobe, and some Cartier jewelry. Like, let me know what's there, right? And so, again, we don't always, that's what we see the image. We don't know the behind the scenes. What it took to get those things. And it could be that that individual really loved them, right? Really desired to cater to them. That don't make them a whole, right? Regardless of what their past, even if we know their past, we don't have the right to be judging them, right? And so, like you said, it's their time, whether it's for longevity or maybe it's a temporary fix, 
that that's between that individual and, and their where they are on their life journey and we should get rid of that spirit of comparison because i'm telling you when you have the spirit of comparison come upon you it leads to jealousy it leads to envy it don't lead nowhere good when you have that that spirit upon you and so be willing to walk your own lane your own journey without looking to the right or left and keeping your eyes on what god has for you and so like i said i really loved her album in the sense that explored a topic especially focusing not only say focus on sex but a lot of the undertones of it did relate to sex and women's sexual identity and it was a necessary conversation because a lot of women don't talk about it or don't talk about it to that degree and not be so transparent and that was the premise of this my podcast is yeah we're saved, we're single, all of the above, but we need to have real conversations that's just not being had in the kingdom, right? Like, these are things that the Lord <laughs> need to hear. Um, need somebody to say what they've been thinking um, or even feeling or have experience, and so I believe that um, her album did just that, and you brought up in our, in our conversation prior to us recording um, the one that talked about the wives, if you could elaborate on that one. Oh, about the, yes, I, I forgot whose tale it was, but they talked about how even married women are using sex to get what they want, right? You want your husband to do X, Y, and Z, so let me go do this thing he likes. Or I want, you know, I want to get some money from him, so I'm a today I'm gonna go you know do this for him like to get what you want or to get him to say yes and I'm sure there are many married women who do that right they just don't talk about it they don't talk about like oh let me go have sex with him today because I need you know I need my nails done and I don't have the money (laughs) right right you know and yeah and I think you know that whole talk about you know what do you do in exchange for sex right there there is an exchange um whether it's pleasure whether it's pleasure in a platinum visa Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's obviously an exchange and and i'm glad that in that tale and and this clearly was a woman who was married and there are a lot of women in the background of the recording who was like, yeah, 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 you're right, you're right. And some of my aunties and moms would agree too, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are married, and you know, sex is, is written by God to be confined to, to the constitution uh, or institution of marriage, uh, should you have a bag of tricks? I'm going to say yes. Um, now what you do with your bag of tricks in your bedroom is definitely your business. But I don't think that that is unlikely, as the woman shared in that tale, that a wife or a woman in general is like, I know that when I have sex or when I do this thing, I know that I can then ask or receive what it is that I really want. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that some men probably are naive to that fact. My wife laid it down last night. When she asks for something, I got it. You know, I'm, I'm going to look out for it, right? And so these these are just the necessity of just having transparent 
um, conversations as it relates to um, sex because people are having sex point blank period whether they're in the church or in the world and uh, and frank truth is that as I've learned about um, being in ministry and, and just being in the church period is that look like the single people have more sex than the married people and part of that is that a lot of married people especially in ministry or who've been indoctrinated by legalism or traditionalism have allowed the church to dictate what happens in their bedroom as well mm. so um you know just be mindful of of those things um as as many of you who are listeners subscribers that as you transition to um, marriage, you know, you gotta have that conversation about sex. I would even say if you're courting, you got to talk about sex. What are your expectations? What are your desires? What are your no's? What are you willing to try? Um, And I'm not saying you got the sample before the honeymoon. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying there are some necessary conversations especially for people who are not virgins or maybe you're marrying a person who is experienced and maybe you're not and then they prescribe or feel like maybe they have a high drive you know and you're inexperienced like what does that look like what how often are you expecting us to have sex how frequently when where these are conversations that people need to have because again you know people get in love and they have those butterfly feelings and now you know we in six years into marriage six months into marriage and now we're discovering new things I didn't know you like that I didn't know you like it like this I didn't know it was going to be this frequent I didn't know you were going to withheld this often but again that goes back to having open conversation open dialogue and being very transparent so I'm glad that we had this talk about Jasmine Sullivan's um, whose tales I say they're truths, not tales, because they're definitely stories that we can relate to in some aspect of our life. So, if there are any final thoughts you want to share, go ahead and share that. Well, like I like I said earlier, it was a it was a good album, and I, I appreciate the art that she put out about feelings as women that we have that we don't necessarily talk about, you know? Um, I like when you talked about marriage, you know, when you need to talk to your partner before you get married about sex, because um, what I get sometimes is women saying that sex is a job for them. (laughs) It's not, it's not enjoyable. It's a job. And, and I would have a conversation with my partner before we get married that he's open to me explaining to him if that's the case, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, right. on it. So everyone communicate, you know, communicate your feelings and check out Jasmine Sullivan album. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm so glad to have Rosa to join us on the single sexy and safe podcast. I know this will not be her last, although this is our first time. And so I was glad to have some dialogue with my sister and my sister. And I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in.